0: How many of you know the story of Chicken Little? And Chicken Little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Or or is that just the daily newspaper? <laughs> right, the daily newspaper. I, I want to talk about that, That it seems to me that we have a large contingent of the boy who cried wolf or chicken little in our society there's always something going on that's wrong and going and and it's just the end of everything have we experienced that enough today i want to talk to you about that a little bit but how do we respond what's the correct way or the correct way for christians to be when the sky is falling Pray, that's a good thing to do. I'm going to do this uh, a little, a little bit. I'm going to focus on the three um, ideas in Scripture. Those of you who've been in the Wednesday night Bible study know that we focus on these three themes over and over and over again. The first theme is this: God is Lord. Lord, the Lord is God. It's a pretty simple concept, except for one thing. What does it mean that God is Lord? It means he's actually in control. That's a tough concept for some of us. Ted, Ted in the first service says, every time I give my heart to him, and I think I've done that, I also try to plan little events on my own and forget that he's Lord. So that's the first concept. These three concepts are, are throughout Scripture, and every verse has one of them, sometimes two of them involved. The second one is this. God is forming a people. For himself, now how does he do that? Those of you who have met Jesus, or, or if we use that language, met Jesus, or invited Jesus into our hearts, know that God is forming in us a new life that sometimes is not very easy to do, but it is fully, um, fully new and a change for many of us. that's, that's all right. You, 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 something, something's trying to get your attention. It got mine. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, no, <laughs> you. Nobody else saw that. There was this a flash, like a, like a photography flash, coming from over there. Anyway, that's the second one that God is forming a people for Himself, and the third one is this: that there is a hope and a future for God's people. So as He's forming us one of the things we do is we're formed into this people that know he's in charge. And as we trust him, we begin to understand that he has a hope and a future for us. So how does that go with the sky is falling? The sky is falling. I mean, remember that if I were to pick up the newspaper today, there is some impending disaster in our government that is just going to ruin everything. And it's not the first time that's happened in our life. Did you know that they were calling Abraham Lincoln the Antichrist before the Civil War? This is not new. And it's not new. And it's not new. One of the one of the first presidents when I was a voter was Ronald Reagan. You know, they were saying, you know, Ronald has six letters, and and Wilson has six letters, and Reagan has six letters. That's the Antichrist. And they were talking about that. And they said something like that about Clinton and Obama and 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 and. and, and. And right, do you do you understand what I'm saying? That that it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, the other side is a great evil, and the sky is falling. How do we do that? Let me let me uh, move forward just a little bit and start talking about this. I want to make sure that we that you know that I'm not just making up these these themes from here. This is from John 14. This is the Lord is God, but he's talking about how we live our lives. And so I want to make sure we do this. This is in John fourteen five. It's one person esteems one day as better than the other, while another one esteems all days alike. Listen to how Paul talks, of, or, or John talks about God as Lord. To the one who observes this day, Observes it in honor of the Lord, and the one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, and since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord, and gives thanks to God. Is there enough give thanks and honor in this yet? For none of us lives to themselves, and none of us dies to themselves. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, We are the Lord's. That is a pretty strong statement about who's in charge, isn't it? We are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ, who died and lived again, that he might be both Lord of the living and the dead. I just want to think about that for a second. Um, Is there anybody outside of those two groups, the living and the dead? I had this joke, it was about computer users. Some of you are, are, uh, are newbie computer users and things like that. There's two groups of people in computers, right? Those that have lost things and those that will. And just because you've lost something doesn't mean you're not going to lose something again, does it? Anyone? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, on my computer hours and hours every day. I lose things. Even when I back it up properly, I think, I will still lose things. I remember one time getting ready to go work a retreat and smoke came out of my desktop as I was running a business and thinking, I can't go on that retreat. My business is gone. Because it was both the motherboard and the hard drive. By the way, I went and worked that retreat. You know, the sun still came up the next day, <laughs> well, right? But the Lord is God. That's that one. Let's talk about this one. The second one, God is forming a people for himself. Do you know how he do does that? This verse is from Romans 10, 9 through 14. Some of you will know Romans 10, 9 through 11. It goes like this. For if you confess with your mouth and that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So all of that is to say that if you're a truster in God, that's language that Brandy Pancos brought into our Bible study one night. we think of believing we have lots of beliefs, but she wanted us to focus on where we place our trust that if we become trusters right have you have you begun to place your trust in God? doesn't mean you're very good at it yet. It might mean that you're just learning. We're all learning how to trust anyway. If you believe in your heart that God raised him for the dead, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved, for the scripture says this, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. There's no distinction. God is forming a people for himself, and the borders, the boundaries that we think are important are not as important to him as they are to us. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing the riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved it's fairly important to see that how then will they call on him unless they've not unless they've believed how will they believe if they've not heard how will they hear if someone hasn't preached how will the preaching happen if someone hasn't sent god is forming a people around this word of god that comes into our hearts that we begin to believe and understand that's the second theme and the third theme is this i'm i'm going as fast as my my little bible will switch verses for me this one say that again it's got five, that's all it has on those five bibles so i'm going between them no it is not a book with pages in it it still has the bible which is the word of god in it though if we can go there okay john 14:1 you trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room for you in my father's home. If it weren't so, wouldn't I have told you that? I'm on my way to get a room ready for you. And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live and you already know the road that I'm taking. That's Jesus talking about our hope and our future. There are thousands of verses on these topics if you want to know the Lord is God or how he's forming a people or that he has plans for us that he's made and he knows for us, Jeremiah 29, 11. Or perhaps um, we store up where we place our trust and our hope is, is that we place our treasure in heaven where rust doesn't steal it away. This is all about a hope and a future. So why do I bring this up? Because I haven't read this scripture yet that I'm planning from, but I want to set the tone here about the sky is falling stuff in our life. If I were to read this, I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. This is John 20, Luke 21. Some of the disciples started to begin talking about the majestic stonework of the temple and the memorial decorations on the wall, but Jesus said. The time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on the other. Teacher, when will all these things happen? What sign will will you show us when these things take place? And Jesus said, don't let anyone mislead you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and saying the time has come, but don't believe them. Just for a second, just for a second, remember he's saying this. Don't believe them, and when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Now, if we were to read that without that line in this, this would be completely different. This would sound exactly like our daily newspaper. Don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nations will war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be earthquakes and famines and plagues in many lands, and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs in heaven. But before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution, right? The sky is falling except right in the middle of that verse is this. When you hear all this, don't panic. Have you ever heard it that way? Did you notice that he says, don't panic? Why is it that we don't panic? Because God is in charge. He is Lord. Now, some of us have been telling, have, have heard it this way, that because God's in charge, everything will be perfect in our life. It'll be all, all uh, ice cream and lollipops from now on out. As soon as you accept Jesus or you become part of his kingdom, is that what the promise of God is in the world? No, it's not, actually. If I go to this other scripture and it says, for those called by his name, his people, right? That's his people. And according to his purpose, those that are trusters, he works everything together for good. Now, notice that the most common misunderstanding of that translation is that he makes everything good. That's not what it says, is that he turns everything that happens to you for good, which is quite a different statement than saying what you're going through is really good and your definition is wrong. Some of us are going through some stuff that's very difficult. And I want to make sure that you hear me say this. Just because you believe in Jesus and you're going through it doesn't make the horrible stuff you're going through awesome and that you should just change your definition. Right? We're not calling that stuff wrong, but that's not the promise. The promise is, is that God works it together for your good. I've personally been through several things in my life that I thought while I was going through them, man, I do not like this. Somebody asked me the other day about funerals. And I said, how can you do that like that? And I said, well, funerals are not very fun to do. But they're worth doing. Which is quite a different definition, isn't it? For good. It's good to do them well if you can doesn't make them awesome and fun. It makes them valuable. Some of the things we're going through are valuable in another way. I just want to make sure I'm spending a little time here on this issue so that when you run into somebody and say, well, all you people in the world, all all you Christians, all you ever do is think that life is just perfect because you know God. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is because we know God, we are not as buffeted around by the things we're going through because we have learned to trust him and that he's being formed in our hearts, that kingdom of God being formed in our hearts. And because we learn to trust him, there is a hope and a future for us that is different than what it would have been without him, what it will be on our own power. I personally have in my family... I I think for one of our kids was kind of a sunshine and lollipops all the time kind of kid when she was growing up. And the other one was a bit of a professional worrier. Do, do any of you know what it means to be a professional worrier? Do you just worry, worry, worry over everything? What does it mean to be a professional worrier? It means that in five months some bill is due that you don't have to pay on yet, but you're already starting to worry about it. Right, you've borrowed from the future and brought it into today, so you could worry extra long about it. Or you've borrowed from the past. Have any of you ever borrowed any worry from the past? Well, I did this thing thirty-eight years ago, and and somebody still might remember it and hold it against me, and so I'm over here like this, and I keep listening to that tape in my head about how bad that was, and 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 I just and I sort of. I can almost see this picture of, of this person just hunched over this thing holding it and just worrying over it. It's how oysters get pearls, right? They get a, they, they just worry over this piece of sand until it's massive. The sky is falling. Now, some of you will know me as sort of an apolitical beast. I don't really like politics. That does not mean I'm not paying attention, by the way. What I don't like about them is this, is that it doesn't matter what side of the aisle on, there's always a correction to human solutions that needs to happen. And that pendulum swings from one side to the other, and it always does damage through the middle. Always. And every time we fix something, well, well, I've got a solution, but the problem is my solutions are human solutions, which will require correction later, right, but not God's. God has solved a bigger problem. We used to think about this this way that that on earth at the at the hill of the skull and see i I introduced that wrong, and I want to just take a reset button here. The Hill of the Skull was a place where they would say that the, the tradition said that the skull of Goliath was buried there. He was the troubler of Israel. That David had handled the troubler of Israel, right, by cutting his head off, and they buried the skull there and everything. Was Israel out of trouble? after Goliath? No, the troubler of Israel is the same troubler as everyone else, which is sin. At the hill of the skull, at Golgotha, the troubler of Israel, the people of God, was handled at the cross of Jesus. What was the troubler of Israel? Well, that we worry over stuff. We try to be lord over things that we're not in charge of. We remember that the Lord is God and that he's beginning to form a people for himself, and we trust that, it doesn't mean that we completely understand how he does everything. How many of you know everything about what the Bible has to say and just get it? I'm making sure my hands are in my pocket so you don't interpret me as raising my hand and saying I completely understand this. What I'm saying is, is that in the midst of this stuff, In the midst of God working in me, there is a lot of things I don't understand. I do understand one thing. God's in control. He's forming a people for himself. Through this process, we begin to trust, and those that trust in him have a hope and a future in the midst of the wars and the rumors of wars and all the other things going on, I want to go back to that verse and just read that again, right? Because this is tribulation if there ever was one, right? This is nation at war against nation and kingdom against kingdom and great earthquakes. and There'll be famines and plagues in many lands and terrifying things and great miraculous signs in the heavens. Lots of things to be scared of. Lots of things to worry over. Lots of things to let God be in charge of. And in the midst of all those things, those famines, the wars, the kingdoms against kingdoms, you and I have our own little sets of wars and kingdoms and things like that in finances and how we should live right and if we should do this and that and we worry and we worry and we worry, and we're buffeted from one side to the other. And I want to go back to this one thing. When you hear about this stuff, don't panic. Why do we get to a spot where we don't panic? This is later on. This is when the governors, when you're drug in front of synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. This is in the same verse but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. Right? This is all happening, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to refute you. Have you ever been in a spot where you could not be refuted? That sounds cool. I'd like to be there. I want to trust him, and I want to turn myself over that way. There is so much more. This is even those closest to your parents, your brothers, relatives, friends will betray you. Even some will kill you, and they will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair on your head will perish. I just want want you to see the juxtaposition of the scripture here. The sky is falling. The end is near. Everything is going wrong. Don't believe them. Don't panic. Trust in him for your his. Those are those concepts. That's a big deal for us to hear right now, isn't it? there anybody that in this room that needed to hear that today that god was in control and that all the stuff going on was really just stuff stuff is a technical term for noise and background and things like that i'm going to stop there i think that's enough